love other people. Oh yeah, how'd it go? Um, well, so he was like dropping some stuff off. Hot mom bought like a couple books. That's my grandma, the Duke. And because I haven't seen her in like a year, she just gave them to my dad and was like, just give them to Hannah. So he called yesterday, and because he loaned me money, you know, he feels like he can just drop in. So, um, well, he tried to do it like last week, and I was like, no, thank you. Um, so yesterday he came by, and it was mostly like okay. He didn't like say mostly anything to me. Like there was things that he was like trying to give me that he like didn't want to think to be at. And he was like trying to get me to sell them. And I was like, whatever. So I took some of the things I actually thought I could sell. But then he wanted to just hang out and play with Duke. But I wasn't about to like leave them unsupervised. So he brought Kathy as well. So I just brought um, or I just like sat outside and um, kind of just like let them have the space. Like they played like soccer and stuff. And then they wanted to go to the park. So I just like walked with them to the park. But like they never like said anything to me. And then my dad, like, they would just be like, you know, Kathy said, that's a dirt. It was a really dirty snow. Look at all these dirty cars. But besides that, like, they didn't really say anything to me at all, which I thought was more okay. Like, I'd rather not have, like, a confrontation or, like, anything negative happen. But I did, like, sort of expect, like, my dad to, like, say something, you know? That was, like, the first time we saw each other in a year. Oh, wow. Or the first time he saw Duke in a year too. So it was just like, I don't know. I expected like more to happen, but it was actually very calm. Do you think he was like obeying? I'm trying to think, or he was meeting your boundaries and he was like showing you that he was okay? Or because that, that just seems so weird. It seems I know out of I don't know. And I think it's more more of like me my vibes than his vibes if that makes sense like i just did not really want to have any sort of confrontation but and i had like a little bit of anxiety like i felt like i had to do extra cleaning before he came over which like he never went inside my house and i like made that clear before he came over so like there's still anxiety to the situation but i also just kind of felt calm coming for me and like i've done card readings very recently that say i'm very protected like i have a lot of my ancestors and spirit guides are like really protecting me right now because I've asked for that specific protection and guidance. And so I think it was more just like the energy coming from me was not like, I don't want to say like a don't fuck with me, but it was like, just be calm or I'll just ride in a chill little wave here. And it was like chill. So I think you've been laying, you've been laying down the law and the rules. And, and I think you've been sticking to it. Yeah, and I'm not saying no, you're ever wishy-washy, but maybe you right. were just a tiny bit. And then, you know, people can sneak in. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I definitely used to bend boundaries. And that was like the biggest problem is that I kept bending my boundaries. And then they like they just no one was complying with my boundaries. And now, whereas I have like really stick to them and I make it very clear, like I communicate very clearly to people what my boundaries are. And when something happens, it's like, hey, this made me uncomfortable. We need to find a way to move forward through this. But you broke a boundary and that's a big deal. Whereas like right now, the way it stands is there's there's no other way but to comply with the boundaries, you know, and that's good. <laughs> Go me. That's really awesome. I'm proud of myself. So, so do you feel like it's the first time that you've really had a boundary that really st- yeah. stayed firm? I don't like that word firm, but it was just like, this is my boundary and this is where it's going to be. Yeah, I really do feel like that is the first time. Wow. 
Damn, that's 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 good. Boundaries are hard because yeah. okay, once again, I'm 57 this year. I'm 25. You're 25, and guess what? We both have the same issue because when I left the LDS church, I didn't want my parents to know because they're they were coming into their 80s, mm-hmm. and I didn't think they needed to know. But the stake president, the guy that was mm-hmm. over the big congregation, yeah. knows my dad well. And decided to pull my dad aside and tell him uh, what was going on. I said, do not say anything or I'll sue the church, which I can't sue the church. Yeah. And he not only told my my dad, but he told the whole stake that I had resigned. And I'm like, going, I'm going out quietly, but I, I wish I wouldn't have. But anyway, so I have pulled away from my parents because I'm afraid that they can talk about religion all they want, yeah. but I can't talk about my side. Nobody wants to hear my side. And so I haven't learned to set the boundary yet, but just in the last few months, it's gotten a little better with my parents. I don't think my parents are the issue for me. Mm-hmm. It's me that's the issue. So it's kind of a little bit different there. Right. But I don't have that trust in my parents that I used to have, but I'm 57 this year. And I still think of my parents as people that are over me. Right. Like superior yes. to you. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, my dad has definitely held like a superior position over my entire life. And I think when he started to realize like the dissolution of our relationship, is that a word? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I was like, that's totally a word. Um, happened. The dissolution of our relationship really happened when I stopped letting him be a superior authority in my life. Like I'm an adult. I can make my own decisions. I have my own responsibilities. Like I can do this. I'm a single parent. I've been through a lot of things. I'm wiser than, you know, he thought I was like, you know what I mean? Like, that's just how I think parents can be sometimes. And when I stopped letting him be that superior position in my life, you know, my boundaries kind of fell apart. But where they are now is I took that time to to rebuild them. You know, like there was a huge thing that happened and the relationship basically ended. And so for him to come over this weekend and for it to be more calm was, I mean, I didn't even really think about the boundaries until you brought it up. And now I'm just really like so proud of myself that I took that time to build those boundaries and make sure that they are strong and kind of like immovable. Like he can't bend them. You know what I mean? Like they are there and he has no, um, like nothing, no other thing to do, but to comply to those boundaries. If he wants a relationship with me or his grandson. It, I look at you as a person who knows how to set boundaries, like just as a student teacher relationship, just, just thinking to that, you knew how to set the boundaries in that classroom for yourself. And I I know the dynamics are, are different, but not every teacher will allow you to, to be you. And I, I really feel like me as a teacher, I allow the student to be, I know it's sometimes like I can jump on, you know, kids and jump their shit real fast. But as I, as I, as I think about that, Nah, I lost my train of thoughts. I'm just, I'm seeing that classroom all over. Yeah, I mean, I, I always thought that I had a safe place in your classroom. And I definitely was more outspoken. Like, I still think about this. I don't even remember what you said, but you were talking about your, like, um, the adoption experience with you and Twyla in class. Because I think we were talking about the reproductive system. And we just started talking about that, you know, because in your class, we kind of talked about anything. And it was a safe space. And you could, um, you know, ask questions and have discussions like that in your class. And I remember I said something not really. And I wasn't even, I don't think listening, like I was passing notes or something with the person who was like sitting next to me and you said something and I kind of like caught the tail end. 
And then I commented like loudly in class because kind of we were just allowed to do that if we had a thought. And it was so insensitive, like rude. And people like were like, oh, my God, I think it was one other person in the class was like, Hannah, why would you say that? Like they like commented back to me. And I was like, wait, what? Like, what did I just miss? And you're like, it's OK. I know. I know Hannah. And, you know, she didn't mean what she said. And we can talk about this later. Or, you know, you were just like, no big deal. And then later I was like, dude, I don't even know what I said. And you're like, I know I could tell you were passing notes. You were paying attention. No big deal. You know, like, so I think that was a way for like you, you set a boundary in class where it was like, yeah, we kind of called Hannah out. She was being insensitive, but that's OK. This is a safe place. We're going to move on. And then we had the relationship and the boundary set where you could be like, it's no big deal. You know, I didn't take it personally because I know you didn't mean it personally. It's, it's strange that we could do something like that where we can set those boundaries in a classroom where we're not family, we're not familiar. And yet when it comes time to set those boundaries with family members. It's so much harder. Why? Because they know us better and they they like know all of those things about you that make you feel uncomfortable or embarrassed about because they have been there for those experience or in some cases they have caused those experiences. So I've always like I have one sibling who just will dig at you when they're angry and they know all of the things that like I'm uncomfortable about because we're close in age and so as we were growing up you both know like the embarrassing things that happen to your sibling or when you tease them like things are uncomfortable about at school or a crush or something you know there's always things like that that happen so I think it just goes into adults like you know more things about your family and your parents and it's so much harder to set those boundaries because maybe even you have like compassion for them. And so you have more compassion for them than you do yourself. And that's where you have to like start setting boundaries for yourself and learning how to have more compassion and respect for who you are. I wonder if it's a, a re, the respect thing too. It seems like that we, we either respect our parents or, or we don't, you know, there's, there's no way in between there. So I grew up with a dad that would take me to CBS to work with them, television city in, in Hollywood. And I grew up admiring everything that he did. And then I worked in television with him and we've always had this good relationship, but it is really weird that just because I decided that I don't want to be in that religion anymore, that I've set this really strange uncalled for boundary because my relationship with my dad is a little different than your relationship right. with your dad, but we both have the same dynamics in there that they have power over us. And I'm not saying that they use them wrongly, but we, we still see them as that power and that influence. And it's just too bad. The relationship can't be like what we saw where it doesn't matter about age. It doesn't matter about knowledge. Yeah. You can just have a safe and open relationship. Totally. And I think I don't, um, see my dad that way anymore, you know, over the past year and just really growing on my own. And I've mentioned before when I broke my foot, I just like did so much internal healing and like had a revelation, awakening. And I feel like he's not, he has no like hold over that part of my life anymore. So we know that we can get to that point. We know that you can get to that point and you can have those boundaries. We just have to like keep laying that groundwork. Okay. And it's, it hasn't been painful. Oh yeah, obviously totally painful. I mean, he's my dad or like with any difficult relationship, when you have to set boundaries, you love someone, you care for them, but to me, like for me, it came down to I needed to care more about myself and the situation that I was in needing to grow and expand and 
not being able to, you know? Yeah. See, we, Twyla and I've gotten these, these tattoos, the sexual assault tattoos. And then now that we don't wear the LDS garments, we like to wear tank tops and stuff, but we're still embarrassed to do it. And especially around our families. And I, I'm, I'm really proud of you. I mean, that's, that's not easy to do to, to have that, that boundary set so firmly, but so lovingly too, at the same time, it's not, you didn't do it out of spite. You didn't do it out of revenge or hatred. You did it out of self-preservation. You did it because you knew it was right, not thought it was right. You knew it was right. You succeeded. And sometimes, sometimes that, that line in the sand will shift and stuff and that's okay. Yeah. But then as, as a father sitting here, I would be so proud of my child for setting that boundary and being able to say, I am me and I am myself. And I think that's cool. And I, I, I commend you. I mean, that's not easy. Thank you. It feels really good. And I like came in today just feeling good and happy. And I feel really good. I feel happy and proud of myself and grateful for all the experiences. And I'm just continuing to grow and blossom into, you know, my higher self. That's that's really good. Yeah. And it's it's not the same for me. And I need to establish a boundary where I feel comfortable, where I'm allowed to be me no matter what. And then use that saying that I've told you before. I don't know if I've ever said it here on the podcast, but it's up to them. It's on you now. Yeah. You know, it's on them. If I wear a tank top or if I have a tattoo or if I, my kids have a tattoo and ear piercings and belly piercings and who cares? I mean, I, I love that my kids are their own. I love that they're doing their own thing. And, and, I, and I think my kids know that we're here for them, but we joy in their success. We joy in them moving up the ladder of maturity. And again, I'm 57 this year and I'm still a little kid. I, you know, I, I still like to have my parents influence. They weren't bad parents. Did they make mistakes? Yeah. But guess what? I made mistakes too. Yeah. You're human. Everyone makes mistakes. It's scary being a parent. And how old is your little guy? He just turned five in December. School's coming up. Yeah. It's going to be a whole new adventure. And luckily he he seems to be pretty open to, or, you know, yes, friendly. Yes. He's really friendly. He's just really open to experiences. He's very eloquent for his age. That's like the number one thing the teachers always tell me is he's, he's so eloquent. He tells you exactly what he's thinking and he does. He'll just say whatever is on his mind. So it's been, it's been really interesting. He's just so cute and I love him so much. He's so fun. Don't cut his hair. And sassy. It's so long. It's so, so long. Yes. It's it's just like, can we go get him a tan and bleep? <laughs> Bless you, Noah. <laughs> Guys, we've made it through, what is this, episode nine. Nine episodes without anyone sneezing so far. Can we just keep that in? Thank you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Noah's allergic to something. Well, I parenting is is hard. It's it's just hard. You you want your kids to succeed. And then I think back. I think back to our kids when they went to school and not wanting a teacher to shut them down. Yeah. And I think about your little guy and don't let the teacher shut him down, but don't step in the way of yeah. them being able to defend themselves. You know, yeah. teach them how to defend themselves. Yeah. He will come home and he'll say, the teacher says I can't say pee pee or potty. And I'm like, no, you can say that. 
if they tell you that you can't say it in class, that's one thing. Totally. If they're like, I don't want you saying PP when we're in the middle of class. But if he needs to come, if he needs to go potty, he's like, I need to go pee pee. That's fine with me. We're at home. He needs to go pee pee. And he also needs to know that the name of his penis has a penis. It's not a ding dong or whatever the silly names are. He has a penis. Females have vaginas. He knows that. And I think it's people, teachers like just don't or parents sometimes don't teach their kids the name that, what is it? The anatomical name of their organs. And they, I don't know, it's like a hush thing in Utah maybe, but Duke knows what it's called. He knows he has a penis. He knows his mom has a vagina and breasts. Like he knows that. And if a teacher's telling him, kind of shutting him down, saying he can't speak that way, you know, I'll go in and say, hey, listen, if you don't want him saying this at school, that's fine. I will help you. Like I will tell him that he can't say it at school. But if he wants to come home and say that, that's fine. So please don't tell him that he's not allowed to say that. You know, and I don't have to communicate that to the teachers because I can communicate it to Duke. And then he's like, oh, okay," And he gets it. He knows that there's certain things he can say at home that he can't say at school. Like if he wants to come home and say that kid is being a jerk, kid was a jerk today. That's okay, But he can't like call another kid a jerk at school. And he understands that, which is so cool for a five year old. Yeah. And the thing is that you're involved in his life and you're staying up with the things that he's saying. You're paying attention to him. You're watching, you're listening and you're teaching. So teaching doesn't happen only on the schoolyard because sometimes they get taught the wrong things, even by the adults. Like you said, somebody shoots them down and said, you can't say that. We should, as teachers, say something different. Like in our classroom, we ask that you use proper words like, I need to use the restroom, right. not I need to go pee-pee. Exactly. When you leave the classroom, you know the rules are going to be different out there. It's yeah. just like driving down the road. It's 35 miles an hour here, but it's 45 miles an hour here. The rules change as you're driving down the road. So guess what? The rules will change elsewhere too. So telling a kid they can't do it is the absolute wrong thing to do. Yeah. And I I mean, a lot of them, the teachers are like um, young kids at UVU or BYU. So this is part of their like internship family science program. Um, So they're still young and they're still learning. So we have, you know, communication is key and having an open relationship with the teachers and your children is probably the best way to handle it. Do you set boundaries with a five-year-old? Yeah, I mean, of course. Do you, can you In think of way? any off the topic? Yeah, I know what I was going to say. Can you think of, <laughs> I mean, at, at our age, with our, our kids are, what are you, 22? 22 is our baby. And my oldest is 30 from my first marriage. And and we, we set boundaries, but they're still really hard to do, even with the old ones, because I always assume that they understand and they get it, so they shouldn't have to worry about it. Noah's sitting here right now, and he is really good with it and very mindful of it. But you could bring Cambria in and she's not. But it's not like she's trying to do something to hurt you. It's just that her focus is someplace else right now. So sometimes she might have to re- be reminded. Jordan, he's married. You know, Coop takes care of him. So that's good. <laughs> yeah, I think the biggest boundary that I have with Duke is we don't talk about his dad in certain ways. So we talk about, um, you know, if he is he's not currently doing visits, but when he was doing visits, you know, we would talk about him in a positive way and say, let's go do the visit. You know, we we keep it an open conversation. Like the other day, he Duke asked me what a date was. And I was speaking of his hair takes like 15 minutes to comb his hair in the bath, all the tangles out. So we were combing his hair and like he just asked me questions and things in the bath because he knows I have his attention. So he's asking me, what is a date? And I was like, you know, if you like someone and you're really attracted to them, you want to kiss him because he's to the age where 
ew, gross, you know, where anyone's kissing on TV. I think it's so cute. Um, yeah, so he was like, what is a date? And I'm like, you know, if you like them and you want to kiss them and there's someone you're interested in, you really want to spend time with them, you go out and you do something. So and then he was like, well, what would you do? And I was like, well, you can go to dinner, a movie, paint, you know, they just like named all of these things. And he was like, did you ever go on a date with my dad? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, tell me about one of the dates you've been on. So I was like, "Okay, well, one time we did this, you know, so we have an open relationship where we talk about his dad. But there's obviously a boundary where I don't talk about certain things because he doesn't need to know about certain things. But he hears certain things from other family members on his dad's side. They just have a very loose, loose lips, I guess. And they just say things. And so he'll come home and he'll ask me, like, what is this? They said this. And then there's, you know, if I can explain it, I can, you know, but there are certain things that I'm not allowed to discuss with him as a child. So that's where I have to set a boundary. And I'll, you know, I don't say, hey, Duke, I'm setting a boundary. Peace out. You know, it's, hey, you know, this is something I don't want to talk about right now. When you're older, we can discuss this. You know, you're a little too young to understand. This is a, you know, a situation for adults to talk about. You know, I just want you to know that everything is okay. I love you. You know, things like that. And that's not an exact quote conversation, but you get the point. Do you, so is there a no talking bad about his dad ruling your house? Yeah. Good for you because that is so important. And I, I know you guys weren't married, but it's basically a divorce that you've gone through. Yeah. And and with my situation too, my my son from the previous marriage never heard anything because really the whole marriage was, it was a problem for her and it was a problem for me. And it's, and it's not fair. I don't know all the mistakes I made. I know the mistakes she made because I, I figured, or I decided what the mistakes were for that. Right. So there was no, no way I could tell my son, oh, your mother is this, 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 and this. Yeah. No, no. My parents did that. So yeah. So when my parents got started getting divorced or they got separated, I think I was like, 12 around there-ish, that they had been having problems for years and it was like very apparent to all of us. So my parents finally like did get divorced. One of my parents specifically would say a, a lot of negative things about the other parent. They just continued like all the time. Anytime the opposite parent would like communicate with them about anything, they just, you know, would just go off. And knowing how uncomfortable but uncomfortable it made me feel, and then, you know, taking all of the psychology and the family classes that I did for my degree, just, you know, being able to see how debilitating it is for a child, how much it affects the child, it impacts them. You know, I, I just refused to do it. You know, I did not have a healthy relationship with my ex. And I could say a lot of negative things, but I choose to find a silver lining. I choose to, I don't want to have toxic positivity, but I understand that there are positive things to every situation. And I learned a lot over my time with his father, my relationship with him. I learned a lot. And now I can set those healthy boundaries. And I don't settle for, I don't settle in relationships. Like I'm not going to settle my morals or my values or my ethics um, for loneliness. You know, I'd rather be lonely than, than settle or, you know, have a negative outlook on something. You can be together with somebody and be the most lonely person in the world. Yeah. And I know like so many relationships like that. 
and they just are in those relationships and they just pretend to be so happy and I don't like it I would rather be alone yeah I think the there's the the conversation will come up later when they're older and when like you said when they're mature enough they can handle it and guess what over time those bitterness those angry feelings that you have that are right and that you should have they start to decrease they start to to wane as those the, bitter, as the years. angry feelings yeah they start to they start to go away so as as the children get older and we're able to talk to them now now sometimes those emotions are out and now our conversations could be stronger so i've had conversations with my oldest and we've talked about it and it's like it's like hey look it was just a bad situation he was raised by a great mother she is a fantastic mother she's a fantastic human being the two of us just should have never been together that's our mistake that's nobody else's mistake and so i think that it's great that you're you're waiting and and having that conversation for later yeah i mean i wouldn't say i'm bitter or angry because i don't feel bitter or angry you know i have definitely I, i was angry at first when the relationship dissolved you know, there was a lot of things that happened. And like you said, they were just, those were valid feelings. I was, it was valid to feel angry. It was valid to feel bitter. But over time, I mean, that was years ago. I feel, I don't want to say I have like love for him, but I have compassion. I have compassion for him. I understand his situation and the things that happened. And I understand, you know, we still had positive times we still have really good memories and you know those are the things that i can talk about with memories that's that's the most important thing and building not false memories or fake memories but building memories and having conversations at the right time and sometimes having conversations at the wrong time but correcting those over time too we're not going to be perfect like you said earlier but we we want to do our best and we want to make sure that our children are always safe but we also want to make sure that our children know how to make decisions for themselves. And I don't think we can hide our past from our kids. We, we need to let our past shine. And then we need to let them know what we were feeling. So when I said before, too, about angry and bitter, I didn't realize so I was projecting onto you what my feelings were. So nice, nice catch there and, and nice save, too, for how you feel and not me putting words into your mouth. I love that about you, honestly. Thank and just you. like way to go stand up for it thank you yeah i mean yeah and like i said i did feel kind of angry and bitter and i do agree with you when you say it's we can't hide our past from our kids and i don't ever want to hide um you know what happened when duke is old enough to understand the situation there will be a time when like we explain it but i don't think it's going to be something that he's gonna be like whoa i don't understand because he's going to be able to see this happening as he gets older one thing I wish growing up like the, with the relationship with my parents is I wish I had known more about their past. You know, specifically, my dad never really talked about his childhood. We never heard anything about his childhood. And when we did hear about my mom's childhood, it was all like the really negative things that happened, you know. And then we would go down to like visit her siblings or her parents. And I was always terrified because I always heard the really negative things that happened. And then, you know, just anyway, a lot of things would happen, but I wish my parents had been more open about the things that happened, the good things and the struggles, because then we could see and understand more about our parents. Because we, like we said earlier, we put both of our parents on like a pedestal, a superior authority to us. 
And we can when we can see that they're human, just like us, and they've made mistakes and you know, they, they're just who they are, then we can understand them better. And it helps you to have a more open and honest and healthy relationship. But when you're constantly hiding or keeping secrets or just not being honest, like all the way, it totally hinders the relationship, not just between you and your spouse, but like you and your kids. Yeah, that's, that's important. And it's funny because my kids, they know enough about my past and all the time we go to California. You're so open with your kids. <laughs> oh yeah. We are really, we are really open with our kids. Sometimes it's people are like, why'd you say that for your kid? It's like, um, because who cares? They're adults. They're humans. And yeah. they need to know that we're just as normal as anybody else. If there is a word normal, but yeah, I mean, my kids know exactly where I grew up, what's going on, what I love to do, where I want to be. And they know my past and I've got walls filled with stuff of my past and, and I don't, I don't know if it's important to them or not, but, uh, they seem to be okay. They don't mind going to California and hanging out. We didn't do that. We didn't have like upstairs where you have like walls of your stuff or like accolades or pictures. We didn't have that in my house. Like it was just so weird growing up with my parents. <laughs> so weird. We had such a dysfunctional household, but well, it's a good time. And, and dysfunctional. We, you know, my parents are still married. I don't know how many years it's been, but probably since 1960, 61, somewhere around there. And we had a dysfunctional household also, but I'm sure Noah. Most families do. Yeah, so. they, they can tell you how dysfunctional our own little family is, especially when you adopt a child and then, what, 11 months later, adopt another child. And then seven months later, your wife gives birth to a baby. And next thing you know, you have three kids and you're in, you're in college at the same time. So crazy. It's not going to be normal. It's not going to be sane. And we've learned a lot, but again, the kids are older. We still have two at home. We love that they're here. We just, we just always want them to know that this is their home and that we're always here for them. And I just, I just love to hear that you had that experience with your father this weekend. That was unexpected, but it's a, it's a, it makes me feel good inside too. And it has nothing to do with me except that my respect for you. Right. It's a happy situation and it feels good to know and to see that, you know, boundaries work or just something good is happening for someone else. It does. It makes you feel good. And when you get to feel those vibes or especially when you know, like the relationship that I have with my dad, it's it is a really good thing and it feels good. And I'm proud that we have or that I have these boundaries. Go me. Yeah, go you for sure. How about with your siblings? Do you have boundaries with them too? Are they being crossed? Are um, they being accepted? I think so. Like I said, we have a big family and we had dysfunctional parents and everyone tries to cope and survive in their own way. And, you know, for all of us, that was different. There was eight of us and I was the second to youngest and we all coped and survived in our own way. And as adults, with the knowledge and the education I have now, I look back and I'm like, okay, it totally makes sense. We have more compassion for them. But growing up, it was really terrible. I like I say all the time, do not have eight kids. Do not have a, a big family. Like you just cannot give the attention and like the development aid that a child needs when there's seven other kids around and like one parent there kind of half the time. And they're like not even there all the way. They're just like kind of mentally there. 
Yeah, I don't know. It was like really difficult growing up. And it, so it made it really hard to have boundaries. And we talked about it earlier, how it's harder to set boundaries with family members because you know them so well. So I do have boundaries with like a few of my siblings, but I don't really even have a relationship with a few of my siblings. So yeah, my, my, I have three siblings, so smaller family, an older sister and a younger brother, and then about 11 years younger sister. But even through all the stuff that I've gone through with my whole faith change and stuff, they've just wanted to keep the relationship there. And again, I'm the one that's backed off, but I don't have to set a boundary with those three. So I'm, I'm really lucky on that one. And there's always that relationship there. So there's something that we, we have that's a, a little bit different. Yeah, well, for my parents, it was like when they got divorced. And then even after like years, they've been divorced for years, it was like choose a side. Everyone has to choose a side. And it wasn't even like after a while, it wasn't even our parents perpetuating that. It was just like the siblings choose a side. <laughs> and um, I don't know, like I was in two different treatment centers and I had done therapy at like 14 and then 15. And, you know, with an eating disorder and trying to be in recovery, you just have to learn like you either grow up or you don't. And then when I gave birth and became a single parent, again, it was like either wise up or don't. And I chose to wise up and grow and go to school and learn and heal and do therapy and you know, other siblings didn't. They just never wanted to grow up and they still have like the victim mindset where this happened to me and my whole life revolves around what happened to me or the whole, my whole life revolves around negativity basically is like the basis of it where no matter what happens, whatever most recent negative experience happened is what they hold on to. And if you don't want to perpetuate that and like believe in their toxic cycle, then like they just turn on you <laughs> it's like a just ridiculous situation and if you have ever been gaslighted or like had an intimate or a close relationship with someone who's a narcissist or toxic like you know exactly what i'm talking about at some point you just have to be like peace out i can't do this anymore done and so like that has come to the point for a few of my siblings and i think that comes back to boundary setting too and, and i'm not saying that this is right but being able to set boundaries will change those situations too, where you don't have to keep jumping into that cycle of negativity or that cycle of abuse. I mean, that's all it, it really is. is. It really is. And when you set those boundaries and those people continue to break them, you, you have that valid, that just point where you say, okay, I'm done and I'm not going to be jumping back into your cycle. And once you start doing that for one person, it makes it easier to do it for the other people, or they start seeing that you're serious. And so for me, it was like once once people saw I was really serious about my boundary with like a specific person in the family, it just kind of unraveled. Like it was a domino effect. And all of those people basically were like, okay, Hannah's out because Hannah refuses to choose a side and like do this. So now I'm like literally the black sheep of the family right now. And I probably will continue to be that one. But that's okay because I'm breaking generational curses. And I am more awakened and like more enlightened than I was a few years ago. And I can even recognize like toxic behavior or toxic habits that I've had just in the past year. And I look back and I'm like, oh my God, that was my ego getting in the way. Or that was me being insecure or leading back into that toxic belief. And, you know, being able to have that self-awareness is a really big deal. And just 
not happening for some people. Somebody's got to be the teacher. Somebody's got to be the mentor. And when I shook my head real heavy, there was because my first thought was, is that the children were taught to choose sides. Yeah. And so that's something that they've been taught. Somebody has to teach them that sides don't have to be chosen. Yeah. That it doesn't have to be love. I'm sorry, but compassion. Once we learn to have compassion for others and for ourselves, it becomes easier to have relationships because I think we become less judgmental and more understanding of what others' needs are and how to express our needs to others. Totally. And it's like, I mean, for example, my parents got divorced when I was like 13. And so we we still had several like occasions to go. Graduation, if there was any sports performances or choir performances. Like my parents were separated when I was in seventh grade and I was in choir and I was like fucking stoked because I love to sing. And I like, it was like, what, what, what is it when it's like five people who come up and do it? It's not a solo. Quintuplet. I don't know. But there was like four Quintets. or five. Okay. There was like five of us who came up and we did like a little special thing. And I was so excited. And neither of my parents showed up because they were like, my dad thought, oh, my mom was coming. And my mom thought my dad was going. And so neither of them showed up because they didn't want to see each other. And it was devastating like I just choked up a little bit thinking about it because neither one of my parents would support the needs of their child over their own ego basically so and like that continued to go like in high school when I graduated they saw they sat on opposite sides of the cafeteria what was it the gym and like afterwards I could not like take pictures with both or like my whole family couldn't all stand together so it was like, hi, hi, mom. And then I ran over to say hi to my dad. And then my mom was offended because I went over to say hi to my dad. And like that was for all of us. As soon as they started getting separated, as soon as that process started, we all had to go through that. And it was like, well, do I invite my dad or do I invite my mom? And then it just became to the point where we all grew up enough. We were like, OK, we're going to invite you both. And the person who doesn't come is an idiot. Because yeah. either you come and you both come and you support me because this is for me or you don't come and you're the idiot for not coming and like enjoying this experience. And that happened like several times. And it was always the same parent who never showed up to anything. Wow. It's such a different situation. I mean, I'm lucky that I had Twyla too to kind of go as an intermediary between me and my ex. And, but she always my ex always made sure that we knew what was going on with the sports and stuff and it was it was always okay to show up there was never the confrontation and stuff it's different looking back at that and thinking it was all this negative stuff but really it wasn't too bad compared to what you were saying there i'm not trying to compare or make right, one worse yeah. or better different situations yeah and and so i'm 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 grateful for that i'm grateful that i married a woman that was totally accepting of of my son and then my ex is her husband was accepting of us too. I don't know what it's like in their house, you know, but theoretically it worked. It all worked out. We all got to do what we needed to do. I, I hope what was right for my son. Right. I, I, I don't know. And you know what? I'm okay with it because we did our best and, and that's it. That's all. That's all I can ask for. And I, I look back at my parents too and, they they really did do their best and they really have done their best. And I'm 
grateful for that, even though there were struggles and there were crazy times. You, you talk about parents missing stuff. My parents were together and there were things that they missed, but I know in my head it was missed because of work or right. this or something else. I never once had to think, well, do my parents love me? Are they coming for me today? Are they going to come because they want to have this ego driven, you know, hate fueled, whatever you want to call it mm -hmm. experience. And, and so I'm sorry you had to experience that, but I'm glad that you've taken that and made it something very positive. Yes. Like I said, I'm breaking that generational curse. And that immediately started when I got pregnant. It was like, okay, I'm not going to be the same parent my parents were. And I'm not, I'm not trying to speak negatively or bash on my parents because like you said, your parents did their best. And I genuinely think with the things that were going on in my parents' life and their toxic beliefs and their own, you know, mental illnesses, they were doing the best that they could. And they didn't have the knowledge or have the support to go out and change those beliefs or to change or to accept or, you know, any of that. And luckily, I was able to have that opportunity to, you know, go to school and learn more and get um, counseling to heal. So I'm not trying to bash on my parents. It's all learning. It's all wisdom. <laughs> I like, I keep feeling like people are going to think I'm like a toxic, positive person, but I'm not. Like, I understand that there are negative things and there are, um, you know, valid feelings to every situation. I just try and go with that negative or hard feeling. And then by the end of it, come out with a positive. All right. Well, this is a positive outlook. This is the the good thing that's going to be happening because of the negative situation. Well, I'm sitting here with you and I know that the, you know, people can't sit and understand and feel and see the smile right now in your face. And I know I say it almost every time. This is the reason why we do the podcast. We come to be honest. We come to be open. We don't come to be right. We come to be heard and we come to be validated. Mm -hmm. And if the validation just happens between the two of us or the three of us, that's more than enough for me. As long as we can keep talking about these experiences and again, letting other people know we've been through some shit and we're still trying to figure it out. And some days aren't good and some days are great. But most days are pretty dang good. Yeah. We're human. We make mistakes, but we make sure we are learning and growing and blossoming from all of the experiences, the positive and the negative ones. And we come here to let you guys know that you're not alone with the relationships that you're in or the experiences that you've had growing up, whether you are divorced or you know someone who's divorced or you have an unhealthy relationship or you have a positive, healthy, you know, amazing relationship, whatever is going on, know that you're not alone and you're not experiencing any of this by yourself. Yes, exactly. Don't forget, be happy. Mm -hmm.